Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is generously sponsored by Yumiko. The holidays are right around the corner. Need a last-minute gift for your favorite dancer? A Yumiko gift card is the perfect way to get them exactly what they want. Visit the Yumiko website at yumiko.com to purchase now or visit their New York boutique. Then your loved one can customize the perfectly attired tights, leggings, and much more. Stuff their stocking with the highest quality dancewear at yumiko.com. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. All right. After some delays, courtesy (laughs) of New Jersey Transit, we are ready to start with our fabulous guest today, Juliet Doherty. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And uh, thank you, everyone who showed up today. Uh, you know, it's we've got some snow flurries, so I thought maybe there'd be a, a panic. But you guys are here. <laughs> Yay. So thank you. And thank you to Yumiko for having us here for this wonderful event. We're so happy to have them as a sponsor. They are make the best dancewear, and we love wearing Incredible it. Incredible brand. Yeah. We are. <laughs> So happy to be associated with. Absolutely. And this is our first uh, in-store appearance. Yes. Hopefully there will be more in the future. But thank you so much, Juliet, for joining us for the first of uh, these types of events for us. And before we get started, too, if you are here and you would like to enter a raffle, we're giving away three things. We're giving away brand new leg warmers with a matching leotard and a black leotard, anyone you want that's in-store, or a um, cup, a Yumiko cup, and a holiday bag. So make sure that you fill that out in the front and we will do a drawing in the middle of the podcast to see who wins so three separate prizes all of which are exciting awesome yeah Yeah. i want that that. (laughs) (laughs) all right let's get started then so juliet tell us a little bit about how you got your start in dance okay so i come from generations of dancers my great-grandparents started a school in new mexico in 1945 and um i grew up at, in my hometown in Albuquerque, just training there under the instruction of my grandma mm-hmm. and my mom, and um, lived there until I was 14, until I went to Youth America Grand Prix and got a scholarship to move to San Francisco Ballet and continue on the path of classical ballet there. 
Mm-hmm. What so, was? Oh, sorry. So I know. I, I think that's <laughs> that's amazing. You had that many consecutive generations of dancers, really, from yeah. your great grandparents. Yeah. Down. So my my great grandmother um, was kind of sick and frail when she was around ten years old, and she went to a doctor, and uh, and they said like you know dance would help strengthen mm-hmm. your your body and make you healthy, and she fell in love with it, and then that became her career and. Um, married a doctor who they called the dancing doctor because they he, they danced a lot together and they were co-founders of the school. And so it's been around now for, oh gosh, I haven't done the math, but more than 70 years, maybe mm-hmm. 80 years now, yeah. So what was that like for you as we didn't have parents who are dancers? So what was that like to kind of be nourished in that way? But was it also kind of daunting to have them know what the field was and what you needed to make it work for you? It was certainly daunting because I always felt a certain pressure or expectation from my mom, you know, to to set an example for the rest of the class. And and she could never um, kind of give me special treatment. So um, I was always like, why don't you ever choose me to demonstrate an exercise or something <laughs> like that? <laughs> but um, but I under I understood eventually when I grew up a little bit. And, um, and I've always just felt so much support and guidance from them because my grandparents had professional careers in LA and film and television. Um, so they, they've been able to guide me kind of career-wise and, and give me a lot of advice when I'm kind of lost and I'm like oh I, I like doing film and tv and stage things and they're like that's fine you know you can you can make those choices you don't have to be in a company at the moment if right. that's not where your heart is and and so it, it gives me that assurance because they were successful in making all those different creative decisions mm-hmm. right yeah so tell us a little bit about that side of things um <clears throat> at what point were you interested in film and television and acting in general um I've always had an interest in it. Um, I dance has, has been the foundation since I've been born, and I started in ballet classes when I was three years old. But um, my first musical theater production was when I was six, and I think that was when I really first fell in love with being on stage and just the the connection that you have with an audience and live performance. And that's when I knew that I wanted to pursue whatever it was. I just wanted to be a performer and and be on stage. And then um, was that Annie? Was that that was Annie. That <laughs> <laughs> he did some research. Yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was Molly and Annie, and yeah, that was really fun. And uh, and that was just regional theater. And I did a few productions after that. And um, my mom was like, maybe you should you should try and and do some classical ballet. Mm-hmm. You know, with her background, she's like, you have the facility for it. And even though I didn't really have a love for it, it, it grew on me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and then I think probably around eleven or twelve, I had been going to the Youth America Grand Prix since I was nine, but like the first solos that I brought to YGP when I was nine was a, a jazz solo and a ballet solo choreographed by my mom. So I didn't even bring a variation right. um, or like a standard contemporary piece that you would see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they saw the potential. Like I got third place that year, which, you know, my mom was like, wait, what? She was shocked in the audience. <laughs> it was more just for performance experience and mm-hmm. to kind of take me and open my eyes to seeing all the other older dancers in the senior category, which, um, that totally worked. I was totally inspired by seeing all these beautiful older dancers doing classical variations. And, right. and seeing that, I think, year after year and going to the finals, it, it definitely planted a seed. And, and I knew that I wanted to also pursue classical ballet. Right. We definitely want to talk about YAGP a little more um, yeah. later. But how was that for you when you were growing up to be have this focus on ballet, but also be working on these theater productions as well? Was it kind of hard to balance? Did there come a point where you had to choose one or the other? Or I mean, you've kind of 
kept both of them your whole life. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've tried to just take opportunities as they come, and that's always been something that my uh, my both my parents have told me. My dad doesn't come from a dance background at all, but uh, both of them have said how important it is to be well-rounded and keep your mind open to whatever opportunities come by. So when I was 14 here, the first film I did, I was scouted in a Uniqlo, and this guy just comes up to me and said, I have a role, and you seem really interesting for it. Maybe you'd want to read for it. And I, of course, I was like, wait, can you talk to my mom? Because this is really weird. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little bit put off by that. But um, but it ended up being legit. So it's it's one of those things that's like, uh, you know, I was like, wait, let's slow down. Let's have a conversation first. But right. I wasn't totally like, no, go away. I was like, let's let's chat let's about see. this yeah. and see what develops. And then that was my first experience in film. And it's kind of led into me doing a couple of features and so, yeah, I think just always keep the door open right. and, and be open to things as they come along. I think it's interesting because we know a, a good number of dancers. I mean, you can think just off the top of your head, someone like Robbie Fairchild uh, sort of transitioned, you know, maybe always had the bug but didn't pursue it as evenly. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know so many people that now have moved on later, but you always kept a foot in each path. So, yes. I mean, that's, uh, that's something that... Um, you know, not many people do. They t- tend to go whole hog one direction right. or the other. Well, right? it does come with its consequences, mm-hmm. um, benefits and consequences, which I guess you could just see as like life unfolding. You could see it as like, oh, maybe I should have done that. But I've always just viewed it as like, well, that's just an effect of that choice. And mm-hmm. I've learned and grown from it. So I don't think that there's really been any necessarily negative outcomes of what I've chosen. But um like, for example, I, I left for a semester when I had just joined the trainees at San Francisco Ballet, and I went to do a musical with Susan Stroman, Little Dancer, and I think that leaving for that time uh, definitely put some sort of impact on right. my... Uh, like your trajectory whatever, at my that My trajectory, school. yeah. I'm losing the word right now, but it definitely uh, had an impact on... Mm-hmm. what was happening at that moment. If I had stayed, maybe I would have stayed with the company. But then I I kind of came back to, I had been in San Francisco for so long, for two and a half years or so, and had kind of forgotten how much I loved to also sing and act. And I had just been so focused on ballet. So when I came back to um, doing the musical and, and working on uh, something from the ground up, and being more creatively involved, I remember and how much I loved that. So, um, so yeah. That's well. Let's definitely dive in on that a little yep. bit more. We wanted to talk about Little Dancer, which was an original musical um, done by Susan Stroman, starring Tyler Peck. But you must have been so young at that point. Yeah. Um, how did that, you know, kind of uh, come into place? It's been in the works for many years. When I first auditioned for the musical, I was fourteen, and um, and I did a lab that summer for it and then I didn't hear anything for another well I guess it was about three years and then they came they circled back around and asked me to come in and dance for them again and said it was going to be premiering at the Kennedy Center for a short run and uh, and that was such a fun process we rehearsed at this studio 42 whatever the 42nd street studios and built the whole show there and um, and then took it to Washington DC and I think it was about eight shows a week for two months. And uh, so we were, we were living in D.C. and just making a beautiful show about Degas and Marie. 
which was played by Tyler Peck. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was really inspiring to see that she's someone that has had so much success in the classical ballet world and is an amazing dancer, but she's also kind of pursuing creative projects right. and things that she feels creatively fulfilled in. Yeah. So. so you were like 17 or 18? I was 17. 17. Mm-hmm. So what was your relationship like with Tyler Peck? principal dancer with New York City Ballet. What was that like for you to work with her and kind of, I mean, obviously look up to her. Yeah. She's so talented. Yeah. yeah. It was it was definitely inspiring on a daily basis getting to watch her uh, get into character and warm up and all these things that she's learned throughout her years of, of training and experience. Mm-hmm. And I think we come from similar backgrounds where her mom has a dance studio mm-hmm. and she um, is very well-rounded in her foundation of jazz and she did the music man music when she was theater. 10 i think yeah so, and yeah. then i believe she also did radio city and mm-hmm. oh I did yes the radio want city to bring that up for sure so there's a lot of things that i relate to yeah. and and look up to in her and um she's for sure someone that i can i, I can compare myself to and, and hope that my career will kind of follow in a similar path yeah and and then she's on top of it all just an amazing human being and right. very warm and has never lost her her roots and right and is very easy to talk yeah. to and, and get close to yeah yeah so after YAGP then you went on to join San Francisco Ballet was that your ballet trajectory at that point at that point yeah, yeah. Um, I joined the pre-professional school I was in level six but I was also taking daily classes with the trainees mm-hmm. and um, they were just throwing extra things at me just seeing how much I could handle mm-hmm. and uh, and it was a lot it was really intense because I moved away from home when I was fourteen and. Um, on top of trying to fit into the new environment there and not being around my family because I'm used to being in a studio with my mom most mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah. Um, it was also just like learning to do things like grocery shopping and cooking for yourself and mm-hmm. doing your laundry, which I had done at home, but it's all just like a new experience in a big new city. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, was your um, joining the school a result of having been in YAGP? Because I know that sometimes people will scout there or were you just like, this is the next logical step? Um, that was the next logical step. I had won the gold medal at the year that I got the sco- same year I won the scholarship to go to San Francisco Ballet. And at that point, I didn't want to compete anymore. I just I wanted to focus on my training because I knew that I really needed to fine tune everything. You know, that was what I always got on my score sheets at competition was like potential is there and facility is great, but you really need to focus on technique, technique, technique. So I I knew that that was the next logical step. And my mom's was the first one to push me somewhere else, even though she's my teacher. She's like, you need to go and you need to really focus on fine-tuning your craft. That's, that's so great. I, I, you hear, anytime I hear about um, someone who is running their own studio, who has that willingness to know that the next step has to happen um, sooner rather than later, yeah. you hear about so many smaller studios holding that on hold you back, to the yeah. bitter end. Yes. You know, oh, yeah. you can't go anywhere until no. you're 18. Yeah. And then it's over. Exactly. So I, I, that's great that your mom not only oh, yeah. is like that anyway as a teacher, but uh, you know, moms want to be greedy too and keep their kids at home as long yeah. as they can. <laughs> I'm super grateful that they trusted me too to move away to a big city at such a young age. But yeah. So what happened then after doing Tiny Dancer? Did you decide to try to go back to San Francisco Ballet or what was your so next I, step? So I did. I, I, uh, we completed our run in December and mm-hmm. I went back at the very start of the new year. And I stayed until the end of January. And I also um, was just coming to a point that I, I was pushing myself so hard and I was pretty exhausted and burnt out. Yeah. And um, and then, like, just 
after such a big creative process, mm -hmm. uh, creating Little Dancer, I uh, felt just not fully creatively fulfilled being back in the studio for hours on end. And and it, it's the, the typical life of a company dancer, you know, but um, at the time I just felt like I ne needed to experience more. So I just packed up my two suitcases and kind of walked out one day. <laughs> wow. Is that scary to do? I mean, that was like the dream that, yeah. you know, right? Being yeah, that it was. And, and it was, it was my dream. Mm -hmm. But at the, at the same time, I've always had this like conflicting side of me mm -hmm. that's um, like, you know, follow whatever you feel most expressed in. And I wasn't feeling very expressed at the time so uh so let's talk about um the one of the first uh things you did that ended up on film which is appearing in the documentary uh first position <laughs> yeah so what so many years ago yeah, <laughs> your baby um but uh what 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 about the competition experience appealed to you? I mean, to to us, to both of us, we never competed, we and, never did that and so we always no? we always love talking about this okay. because it seems yeah. so foreign and scary. <laughs> yeah, um, totally. Because you are you're graded on strict technical technical elements. I mean, there is a performative quality involved as well, but um, it's more like oh, you missed that turn and like right. done, right. done you go. So how did you manage to? Um, succeed and thrive with that sort of pressure. Yeah. What about that appeal to you? Um, well, you know, I'm actually not, I'm not very competitive. And if I ever feel like I'm in a situation that there's a competition, I, I'm always like, I'll take a step back. Pull you back. can have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm not going to fight you on this. So that was always really uncomfortable for me. And, um, and I always struggled a little bit with that and had pretty bad nerves before going out on stage. But, um, I just I always viewed it as because I had a lot of help from I think mental preparation from both my parents my my father's been a consultant and helps people with like leadership and things like that so he's always been the best person to go to for advice because that's what he does for a living so um, I've always felt really safe just speaking openly with them when I needed support and um, and so they were always like you know they're on your side the judges want to see someone to come out and just make them smile or move them in a certain way. So mm -hmm. whenever I stepped out on stage, I never thought that, you know, all the work was already done mm -hmm. and I, all the stressing had to be done before that moment. And then when you're out on stage, you might as well enjoy it. You only have two minutes and mm -hmm. it's pretty special. Like not many people get to dance at Lincoln Center once in their life, you know. So yeah. um, I always just try to view it as like, such a special moment in time and just enjoy it and uh all the technique had to be in place already so um, yeah. so I, I did some meditation that was always like part of my my preparation I would I would do my warm-up and I would warm up my body and then I would like sit down cross-legged backstage and in the wing and put some earphones in and listen to my music and and just kind of like try and center myself and um I forget what I was supposed to be answering right now, <laughs> no, right giving you that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to ask you a little more about the documentary, though, sure, like what yes. that process was like filming that, how you became involved in it. Um, so I, it was just a normal uh, competition year, and we showed up. I think I was 12 years old, and um, I was backstage talking. I don't know. Do you know Miko Fogarty? Name rings a bell, okay. for sure, yeah. So she's one of the main people that they followed in that documentary 
And uh, and so they were following her around the entire week of right. finals with cameras, mm-hmm. and she couldn't really talk about it. I think there was like a non-disclosure <laughs> thing at the time. <laughs> but I remember because we were really close friends, and and so we were always kind of hanging out backstage or in the dressing rooms, and there was always a camera around us. Yeah. So I think somehow I just got woven into the story into because yeah, yeah. of that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that we were always hanging out together mm-hmm. and right. and so little clips appeared of me here and there and so fun yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what were some of your first uh, forays into scripted film um i was approached through instagram for the first feature <laughs> i did about two years ago on point mm-hmm. which should be coming out soon i know a lot of people are wondering when that's coming out and they keep sending me messages and so far i've heard it's it's been picked up by distribution so that's coming Great. out soon but um yeah i got sent an instagram dm i ignored it i <laughs> didn't think it was real <laughs> and then they got in contact at the time i was dancing in arizona with the phoenix ballet and they got in contact with my director there um because they couldn't reach me <laughs> and <laughs> and so uh, he just told them to fly out and they did a reading there like at the studio after a day of rehearsals i think we were perform we were preparing for varna um competition in bulgaria at the time so i was kind of stressed out and was like i don't want to deal with this this uh-huh. is too much on my plate <laughs> but um yeah it always takes a little bit of like nudging from other people around me to be like no like it'll be fine it'll I be mean, a good choice and then i'm, I'm they flew to, out yeah to, they i mean obviously they had a, a big interest to, yeah. to make that. no i was super excited about the project but i just i get overwhelmed <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> and i'm like i don't know but no I was, it was it turned out being great it was also filmed simultaneously while i was doing nutcracker performances like mm. 20 plus shows so that was a, a difficult right. hard time to balance my schedule but i think it, it turned out nicely because of that anxious energy i sure. think it worked well with the storyline in the movie <laughs> so it carried over can you tell us a little bit about the story mm-hmm. like what, yeah. what's your character in the film so my character's name is Paige, and um it's kind of like a paralleling story with her mother who is going through a divorce. And so there's a lot of um, transition happening in the family. So it's really kind of like a turning point for both my character and my mother's. And then you kind of follow um, my life just as a normal teenage girl going to school, um, not doing so well in school because I'm focusing mm-hmm. on dance and I'm uh, wanting my mom to support me in that. And she's like, no, you're, you're going to college and you're not going to make the same mistakes that I did. So that's kind of the, the space that she's coming from in her parenting at the time. And um, so most of the movie, we're kind of butting heads. And, and then I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to do what I want and I'm old enough to, so I, oh, I don't want to give away the whole story. (laughs) (laughs) How much do I not? But I end up, I end up pursuing um, what I, you know, wanted to do. There's a big audition. So I, I run away, I do the audition and then you'll see. We'll we'll see the rest of the movie. What made you interested to continue with acting? Um, I think I, I really enjoy, after spending so many years training in dance and communicating through the body, mm-hmm. I really enjoy being able to tell a story with my voice. Yeah. And I feel really expressed when it's, you know, body and voice connected. So yeah. um, I think that's what I fell in love with right. most um, yeah. on film and stage when you can yeah. sing and everything. Right. <laughs> well, well, we'll delve into more of that in just a minute. But for, for now, we are going to... Uh, pick the raffle winners, and Juliet's gonna help us. Hi guys. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
So, so let's let's start with um, the bag and the mug, going up backwards. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Amelia Woodcock. Yeah. Woo! Go, Amelia. 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 Go see Alicia. (laughs) (laughs) And for a black leotard, we have... For a black leotard, Kat (laughs) Heinen. Okay, Kat. Go go, go ahead and go go down to the front. Amelia. Come on, on, get your prize. (laughs) The leg warmers and a leotard that matches. Oh, cute. Great prize. Um, Justin Barber. Okay, go go on ahead. Go go down to the the front of the shop, and you can pick up your prize there. Okay, Congrats. awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Yumiko. Hooking up our. I'm really jealous. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping too. I would win I'm something. So <laughs> your name in? I didn't. Oh, That's she... probably why I didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's resume <laughs> where we were, where we left off. Okay. Um, can you tell us about the movie High Strung Free Dance that you also sure. have starred in? Yeah, so that um, that project came through um, my manager, and she was like, this is the very last day. They've been looking for months for this role, and um, I filmed it. Again, it was like long end of a rehearsal day, and luckily my mom was in town at the time, and the scenes that I had to film were actually with my mom in the film, so it worked out. She read on the other side of the camera, and it, it was a good dynamic. So, um, <laughs> so that ended up filming in Bucharest, Romania for about eight weeks. And um, it's about behind the scenes of the creation of a Broadway show called uh, called Free Dance, (laughs) not High Strung. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, my character is just kind of a a young, naive girl who um, wants to make it in the Broadway world and comes from a classical dance background. Mm-hmm. My mom, played by Jane Seymour, um, it has a role in the first film in the original High Strung where she's very this very tough um, ballet teacher. So you can tell that she, in this film, wants me to pursue a certain direction. And, I, and again, we're kind of butting heads. It's, it's a little bit similar in that way to On Point. Um, <laughs> But uh, there's a lot of trials and tribulations throughout the creation of the show when I get involved with the choreographer and then the musician. <laughs> and so there's the love that triangle. whole love triangle happening. Uh-huh. So very dramatic. And yeah. and there's this beautiful 15-minute dance number at mm-hmm. the end, this big finale, where it actually is the, the show that we're putting on. And that took three long days, 16-hour days in a row to film wow. like five-minute segments mm-hmm. So uh, it, it was intense. That was probably the most grueling part of filming the whole entire movie. Right. I find that so interesting because as ballet dancers, we do warm up, we do our performance, or we do a warm up, we right. do our, our rehearsal, whatever. Yeah. Done. How do you stay warm? How do you stay like energized? How do you do a day like that? That's so yeah, different. It's completely different in film because you have so many different variables. You have to wait for the cameras. We, we were filming on three different cameras simultaneously. Um, but still, you know, sometimes one camera goes down and you have to wait for it mm. or a memory card or a battery, you know, mm. like so many different right. things. It's not like you're performing for an audience. So, right. um, you know, for 16 hours, you kind of have to keep yourself slightly warm. Yeah. And, and then, of <laughs> course, there's a bit of movie magic. So if you skip one part of the entire thing, they'll cut it out and use another <laughs> angle that awesome. works from a different take. So, you know, there's that, too. But definitely swollen feet were a thing after Hopefully. all of those hours. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So what was it like? Um, how did 
filming in Romania factor into the creative process? I mean, that's a, another kind of disruption taking you out of your sure. comfort zone. Yeah. Being in a foreign country for yeah, that it was, long. It was really fun. I loved Bucharest. I didn't get to see much of it, unfortunately, because I was on set most Busy. of the time. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, it was, uh, what was I getting to? The film studio was just based out of Bucharest, um, Castel Studios, I believe. So that was where we all traveled to. They took the whole cast and everything. And yeah, we had a great time. Did you treat so yourself cool. to more European adventures afterwards? Or did you come home and start oh, working on something I came, else? <laughs> I came right home. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was away for oh, yeah over two months. So mm-hmm. I think everyone just told me to come straight home. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What is the creative pr- uh, process like in these movies as opposed to being in the studio working with a choreographer, for example, like on a ballet that's 20 minutes long, whatever, yeah. versus working on a movie? It's just yeah. got to be a completely different beast. Well, for because these two films do have some dance in them uh, – the process for choreographing the dance is exactly the same. We rehearsed for all of the dance pieces in high strung Mm -hmm. for three weeks before we started filming. And that was every day, eight hours or plus eight to 10, I think. Um, And we just choreographed like we normally would Mm -hmm. step by step. Um, And then as far as the acting goes, the there's so many scenes to film. Usually the rehearsal is right before you shoot it. Right. And, um, and it's not like musical theater or stage where you can memorize the, where you want to memorize the entire script for the, like that's because things change. Sometimes they'll come to you day up or right before you shoot it and give you new sides and say, these are your new lines. We have Mm -hmm. to make this adjustment or, Mm -hmm. you know, some things in the whole scene just don't, Gel. Quite gel, yeah. So, so they have to alter things, and you don't want to have it set in right. your brain when you're doing multiple takes. Um, so, yeah. So, I I like to read through the script several times, so I have the general idea of the storyline. But you're also shooting out of order, and um, and I just lo- looked at the sides and went scene by scene, and knew that those were my lines. And you get your direction right before you start rolling, mm-hmm. and. Rehearse it a couple times. Okay, camera's doing this movement, so you have to kind of adjust to that. And um, so you have to, when you're working in acting scenes, of course, you have to be kind of quick. And Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where dance also kind of comes in handy because Mm -hmm. when you're learning exercises really quickly, I think you're exercising the same part of your brain. So so that was really helpful. That's so interesting. That's like a whole level of artistic flexibility you need to have that I wouldn't have even thought of. No. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Totally different. It's intimidating when there's like a big camera right there. You're like, okay, have to do this. <laughs> and like how many well. people would be are in the room in these sorts of mm. shoots? It totally depends. If you yeah. have, uh, we do some scenes that are um, like a big party scene where there's 300 extras sure. and I'm doing a, a really intense argument where mm-hmm. I'm screaming at somebody from across the room and you're screaming at some, like with, 300 Romanian people that don't speak English and they're like, what are we even here for? <laughs> no, but, Crazy. Yeah. So sometimes you're, you're put on, on the spot in those uncomfortable situations. Sure. But it's just part of being an entertainer, right? <laughs> so since you are um, essentially a freelancer doing these, you know, you go from film to ballet projects to musical theater projects, um, what do you do in the interim between these projects? How do you maintain... Um, your body how do you stay in shape uh, to ensure that you can get yeah. that next project yeah um, I I love going to yoga that's kind of my safe space just like 
on the mat in a studio and um, it's like 90 minutes to myself without any technology or speaking or anything it's it's definitely like full body mind and and then also keeping my body healthy and I don't feel like I'm over stressing it or straining it I'm not doing any intense movements I'm just like stretching and toning and Mm -hmm. um so that's definitely like my number one go-to aside from ballet class and then I'll just give myself a bar if I you know want to stay on top of my technique and Mm -hmm. stay in shape or go to class of course in the city and yeah um, do you take class every day or no I not at the moment yeah I I'm not in class every single day but that's just you know part of balance for me I sure. found I've gotten to the place where I go like two three times a week and and then outside of that I'm doing other things I'm running around the city so that keeps me in <laughs> all the stairs going outside of the subway I swear up to yeah my apartment or, <laughs> um, <laughs> or going to yoga my friend teaches spin classes at um you know, a flywheel. So I'll drop into his class every once in a while. But cross training, cross training, Super exactly. Important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> try to keep a balance of a little bit of everything. So, what projects are you working on now? Um, so right now, I'm leaving on Wednesday to go do American in Paris in Salt Lake City, Utah. So I'm excited to take on the role of Lise, and you're, you're leading the production. Yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty incredible, and that's Thank like you. I mean. This yeah. is a that's a real triple threat moment there for you. You have to sing the man I yes. love. Yes. You have to act. You have to do a French accent, mm-hmm. and there are these beautiful Chris Wielden um, yeah. choreographic moments. So uh, that must be really exciting. I'm I'm so thrilled, and I saw this movie when I was like five years old. So it's a role that I grew up loving, and a character that I grew up loving and um, idolizing, and then now has kind of come around. And I auditioned for the Broadway production when I was 15, and I was like <laughs> definitely too young for that. But yeah, it's come back around, and I can't wait to take it on. I'm a little bit intimidated by the French dialect, for sure. That's the that's the most daunting part of the role, I think. But Have you done preparations for that already in New York? Or are you just I have, going yeah. I've, I've been working with a dialect coach um, already, like once a week, mm-hmm. getting together, and then of course by myself, just, mm-hmm. you know, talking to myself every once in a while on <laughs> low <laughs> French accent. And then, um, and then I've been going to singing lessons. And, but have you been with the cast yet or any no, rehearsals? No, no. I, um, so I was visiting home about a month ago and I got a call that they were looking for somebody. Mm-hmm. And my dad graciously drove me all the way out 12 hours from home oh my to, gosh. to go for one day for the audition. Wow. And then I heard the next day yeah. that I got the part. And um, so it was worth it. So great. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that will be so fun. It's a great production. Yeah. So wonderful. Yeah. Can't wait to meet everybody and yeah. be there awesome. very soon. <laughs> um, what does the future hold for you? What do you feel like you want to be focusing on? What is really your great goal in life in your career? It's a hard question. <laughs> it um, is hard. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm right now just kind of like I mentioned earlier, just kind of following my creative intuition and, uh, and choosing pro- projects where I feel like I'm going to be most expressed. Yeah. And, and that's always just been a goal of mine mm-hmm. to just kind of keep telling stories and mm-hmm. sharing these unique moments with people because it, it's really like something that when I get to be an audience member, I'm always moved. And, yeah. and I hope that, you know, I can do the same when I'm also on stage. And yeah, I think yeah. that's something really, really special in the human experience. To, yeah. 
Well, we'll sh- yeah. we are sure you will continue to do that. So thank no you so much for joining us. No more yeah, takers. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Juliet, and thank you all for coming. Yes. Okay. It was so great to have you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you for joining us this week. We are excited to announce that you can now listen to Conversations on Dance on Spotify, in addition to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or through our website at conversationsondancepod.com. Subscribe now to receive notifications of new episodes. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Conversations on Dance. See you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.